Do you schedule and host events in the Jewish community? Conferences, webinars, local events? Please consider adding your events to Jcast Network's newest project, the Jewish Communal Events Calendar. Don't schedule events, but know someone who does? Invite them to add their events. If we all work together, we can create another wonderful resource for the Jewish community. Visit our calendar and post your events at jcastnetwork.org slash jcdc. You are listening to Rearranged, a Jcast Network podcast. Join us each week as we delve deeper into some of the ideas brought up in the FYI docudrama series, Arranged. Welcome back to uh, episode two of Rearranged um, on the Jcast Network. Wanted to thank all of our listeners who found us after just our first episode. We're really excited by, by the growth that we're already receiving. Um, and uh, excited to discuss tonight's episode, which uh, in conversation we decided should be called uh, Jews in Cars and Getting Coffee. Um, although we're a little nervous that, uh, that Seinfeld might be angry at us if we use that terminology. Um, but I think that kind of the themes of tonight's episode really did reflect uh, Jews in cars and getting coffee. Um, and I'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, I think there's a little bit bad news, uh, for the show in general. Um, I believe last week's episode was the number 100 or 101, 101st, uh, most popular or least popular since there only are 150 listed, um, cable shows. And this week's episode seems to be down at 118. So it's not doing great in the numbers, but it's number one in our hearts. Um, I also am excited to say that I've kind of reached out to Vicky and Ben, um, the, the two Jewish uh, members of the cast of the show. Um, and um, I'm hopeful that I might be able to get them to come on and do an interview for a future episode. Uh, let's all keep our, our fingers crossed. Uh, let's be able to show them that we had hundreds of listeners. So please do share this with all your friends and family and loved ones and those people you may not love. Um, I'm still stuck on the idea that this is called a, uh, a, a reality series about arranged marriages because it's more and more feels like none of them were truly arranged. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned last week, Vicky and Ben you know, met each other um, at a party and knew each other from 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 growing up in Seattle. Uh, Taylor and David had never even really talks about where they knew each other from. Um, and uh, and uh, Mayur and, and Manuel, um, they also seem to have worked together and fallen in love. So I'm not exactly sure what that arranged marriage means in the in the concept of the show. And I think it may be more about kind of that they're not consummating their relationship until after the wedding or they're not living together until after the wedding. Um, we'll get into that a little more as we go through a recap of the show. Um, that was wild. Uh, there were components of it, uh, especially with Taylor and David, where I just kind of couldn't believe some of the conversations that had not been had uh, pre-wedding. Um so let's let's start at the very beginning and have a little conversation. What was interesting this week is, you know, this is a show about arranged 
weddings and marriages. And uh, in episode two, we already saw one of the two couples, one of the three couples, uh, get married. Uh, so I want to, you know, wish Mazel Tov to Taylor and David, who uh, who consummated their marriage, who got married, and um, you know, not without their drama. The mothers, the, each mother, really seems to be uh, having a hard time, especially uh, David's mom. Um, she, I got to tell you that I can't imagine what she's feeling when she's watching the show now, because uh, I would say that this is not the most flattering portrayal of a person. Um, it may be a reality. This may be the truth of what's going on in the show, uh, in their lives, but this is definitely not attractive. Um, you know, their mothers are, are still just, you know, bonkers and, and, and fighting. And, you know, I mean, you knew it was happening because in the preview for the next episode, there was a comment about the dresses and showing up when they were uh, getting ready for the wedding. And, it you know, it came out just as as you'd expect. Um, so that was kind of the first clip was a lot of that. Um, then they, when they went, when they went to uh, California, uh, they kind of talked to the, the, the topic for the Californians um, or for the Indian couple, as it were, was um, about bachelor parties and communication. It's um, really clear that, um, that Manika and Mayur or that Manika, at least, is having a real issue with honesty. Um, I don't know what happened in her love marriage, as she likes to put it, but she's definitely worrying that uh, Mayur um, is not being honest and she is not being as truthful and real as she feels she needs to be. Um, and, uh, and it's getting into some very kind of, on some level, obvious tropes there. Um... Then we get to the New York, uh, to our favorites, Vicky and Ben, or my favorites, Vicky and Ben. And they're my favorites not because of anything specific. The truth is my favorite individual person in the show happens to be David from Texas, whose heart really seems to be in the right place, who's really trying his darndest to make everyone happy and to, to make, uh, make peace in the family. Um, and he really has a sweet, sweet heart. Um, although he's kind of foreign to me as a human being from where his, his background is and what he's doing. But I'm really, I'm a big Team David guy. Um, you know, he tells his mom that she's being crazy and not to send the photos during that bachelorette party. Uh, he really seems to really, really um, love Taylor. And uh, I think it's beautiful how they, how they do that. Um, but anyways, but I guess our favorite couple, just in terms of, of because this show is kind of focusing on sort of the Jewish rituals and laws as they pertain to the show, um, you know, so Vicky and Ben is kind of who we focus on in that way. Um, and this episode really kind of talked about um, a lot of, you know, a lot more stringencies and rules when it comes to, to uh, kind of Orthodox Jewish uh, dating rituals um, and and intimacy rich issues and rituals. Um, the two main topics that came out um, were that of um, of Vicky's kind of fantasy uh, desire, kind of what the dreams she came up with when she was growing up of having a first dance. Um, the you know that first uh, dance, and for those who don't know, um, in an Orthodox Jewish wedding. Um, men and women don't touch and don't dance. There's no mixed dancing. Um, and sometimes what they'll do at some point during the wedding is have 
the man and the woman kind of each hold a different corner of a handkerchief. And that is really almost as intimate as it gets in terms of the dancing. Um, but she said that she wants to uh, have a, a first dance. And, uh, and, and Ben says he will ask his Rebbe, his, his teacher and his mentor, um, what's possible and, and what isn't. Um, it's obvious right there that, that things are not going to go well for them in terms of that. Um, but they're also in this episode looking for a place to live together. Um, and they're looking for a place to go out on, a, on dates. Um, and these are some of the issues that they're dealing with. Uh, you know, then we, we flash back to Texas. Um, and David has arrived for the marriage. Again, episode two, we're already having a marriage, a wedding. And uh, he's brought a picture of his father, who we find out died, I think, five years earlier. And he wants the father's picture to be in the, uh, you know, in the second row to watch him get married. Um, And I actually think it's quite beautiful. Um, On a personal level, when I got married uh, almost 11 years ago, my wife and I both have lost a parent. I had lost my mother and she had lost her father. Um, And we each carried a candle. Um, which we then brought to the chuppah, the wedding canopy, and and had uh, under the chuppah with us or by the chuppah with us, um, again, uh, in an attempt to kind of remember those who we lost and um, maintain that connection and remember it and connect with it. And I thought it was just nice to see that uh, David wanted that as well. Um, so that was a beautiful moment. And again, I continue to be on, on, on Team David. We then move back to New York, and uh, and Vicky is is standing on a street in Far Rockaway, waiting to be picked up by Ben. Um, and they're talking, and they're getting ready to go on a date. Um, and this is where I kind of Stephanie and I came up with the idea of the episode title, "Jews in Cars and Getting Coffee," um, because they are on a date, and she's traveled an hour to show up in Far Rockaway to be picked up by him. And um, and they're now going to sit in a car, find some place where they can get some Wi-Fi, and watch a movie on a on a on a computer screen. Um, the idea being, or the reasons being, that ritually, uh, an Orthodox Jewish non-married couple cannot be alone in someone's room. Um, you li- you know, and they're not supposed to be alone. It's really interesting that they're allowed to be alone in a car, or they're allowed to be alone in a co- in a coffee shop getting coffee. But they're not allowed to kind of be alone in a room or, I guess, at a movie theater. Um, it seems a little strange, um, you know, and, and the rules behind kind of being alone and, it's, and being, you know, private um, in a non, for non-married couples is something I'd, you know, like to explore further. Maybe uh, at the end of the episode I can get uh, Stephanie to come back and, and, and talk a little bit more about the halakha, the Jewish rules when it comes to that, um, or maybe also she could talk to us a little bit about uh, the dancing issue. One of the two, I hope, will be our, our, our second section of this podcast. Um, so it goes back from New York to Texas. Now the Texas, the mothers are talking about the blue dress, and that's rude. Um, then they're back in New York, and Vicky and, and Ben are, are looking at an apartment in Harlem. And again, once again, uh, they have a chaperone with them on this date. Again, sort of strange that even when they're just walking the streets and going to see an apartment with a realtor, um, there, there's, uh, they need to uh, have a chaperone. 
from there, from, you know, from the apartment hunting place, we kind of go back to Texas. Um, Post-wedding, they've had one night in a beautiful hotel. And now our friend David and Taylor are getting ready to actually figure out where they're going to live. While in the hotel, they're discussing where they're going to live um, as if they had not discussed it before, which kind of blows my mind. Um, and Taylor indicates she's not going to live with David's family, um, and considering their relationship, it's not surprising. Uh, David indicates he doesn't really feel comfortable living, or there wouldn't really be any space for them to live with Taylor's family. And they end up moving in, saying they're going to move into his camper, which, you know, it's like a comedy of errors. You can just tell from right there that it's not going to work. She opens the trunk of her car and has enough stuff, you know, again, if she's moving out, she's moving into a new place, um... You know, her stuff just is not going to fit. There's, a, there's so little space in that trailer. Um, but, you know, but my, my, my guy David is working hard and trying hard. And he, you know, tries to make her uh, a skillet pasta. Um, and watching him cook in this, in this little space is just kind of funny to watch and, and, and meaningful to watch. And he's trying so hard, although it really seems... Um, uh, it was, you know, trying so hard to make it work, and uh, I really appreciate uh, him for all of that. It's really quite sweet. Um, you know, I'm not really talking about the California couple that much, um, kind of because there's not that much drama. Um, the main drama was, you know, he went on her ba- his bachelor party to Vegas. She went on her bachelorette uh, party bus, and when he tried to call her... Um, you know, if, if he tried to, when he, when she tried to call him, he didn't pick up and that upset him, upset her. But that, that was kind of the whole crux of this week's episode. Um, just, it wasn't a, there wasn't as much drama there. Um, so we then flash back to New York and our friend Ben is talking uh, to his rabbi about this idea of the, the, uh, the first dance, which, you know, Vicky really has her heart set on. Um and the rabbi says it's not possible. Uh, he says it's part of, you know, that, that in, in, in Jewish law, there's gidarim, fences. And while it may not be inappropriate for the two of them to touch each other in dance, their dancing might influence other people who should not be touching to dance. Um, and it's for that reason that uh, the rabbi um, gives this bad news. Um, it's interesting, you know, it's like e- the idea of easier to to apologize and ask for permission. They talk about in this podcast, in this episode, that, you know, when you ask, you have to listen in, in this community. And so now he's got the, the bad news. Um, the next, you know, fast forward, we now have uh, Ben and Vicky once again uh, on a date. They walk into a restaurant, ask if they're kosher. The woman says no. She says, okay, we'll just get coffee. Um, and, and, and Ben has to tell her uh, that the rabbi has said that there can't be a first dance. And I guess like her fantasy has been, uh, you know, has been shot down. This is really what she had looked for or was hoping for when it came to her marriage. Um, but, you know, as the, at the end of this episode, as this episode comes to a close, um, Ben, who had not been interested in living in Harlem and really wanted to be in Far Rockaway, where his yeshiva, his the where he studied and where he believes the larger community, his larger community would be, um, 
so he didn't like the idea of living in Harlem. But when when it's obvious that Vicky is really upset about all of the things that happened, that she can't have uh, that that she's going to be covering her hair, that she's not going to be able to you know have a first dance. Uh, he says to her, well, "Why don't we live in Harlem?" And it's actually quite a, a nice moment um, where. You know, and he says, look, maybe, you know, I'd still want to be in Far Rockaway, but we don't have to be in Far Rockaway now. He gets that her school is closer to Manhattan, to Harlem, and it's not so bad for his uh, travel as well. Um, and so they choose to move to Harlem. It appears that, you know, that, it, that, that he is trying to grow up and also take care of her, uh, taking into account the things that she is losing um, in this and the ways that her lives... Uh, have have changed. All right, so that was like a recap, and it was a long recap, and I apologize for that, and I'm going to see about maybe shortening some of these recaps, maybe telling everybody's story in one clump um, instead of going back and forth as the episode does. Um, I hope to be able to find uh, Rabbi Ruske to talk a little more about some of the Jewish topics um, that were shared during this episode, uh, so uh, stay tuned for that coming up in just a second. And we're back with the, my favorite part of the podcast because uh, I get to quiz my wife. Uh, Stephanie, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay, so this week's show, as we watched, focused kind of on, you know, in terms of like the Jewish or the halachic areas, felt like they were talking about the issues of kind of privacy and intimacy, both when it came to the, you know, uh, Vicky's desire to have a first dance at the wedding, and they and 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 he Ben spoke to his rabbi, um, and also kind of it was less spoken about, but more just watched how when they went on a date, um, you know, they were able to be in a car or a cafe, but didn't seem to be able to be kind of private, and even when they went to look at an apartment, they needed a chaperone, and I thought these were kind of issues that might be interesting to explore further. Can you tell me some of the, kind of the halachic background about these pieces? Yeah. Um, I, I would say there are a few. One is Mare Ayin, what it looks like. And so even though if they were in private, in a closed apartment, for instance, nobody would know what they were doing in there. And so the idea of having dates in public spaces Part of it is about it shouldn't appear that you're doing things that are counter to tradition before you're married. Um, and it also is the general idea that one thing could lead to another. And so it's a way of putting up barriers to doing things that would be counter to the tradition, um, not so modest, which include touching and intimacy. But how is, um, I mean, so I understood the idea that they shouldn't be alone, but how does it work that, you know, being in a car, I mean, I guess there are windows, but like how is being in a car, you know, it looks like they, they, they were almost kind of going to submarine, you know, the submarine races, the old idea of like, it's going to, you know, to just to net. They, they're sitting in a car, whether it's, you know, up by, a, by to look at the stars or to watch Netflix, you know, they said they were looking for, but like, how is that different than being in a room? It's not so different. It's kind of the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. I think the spirit of the law would say that it's not any different. The letter is that you're not in a closed apartment, <laughs> like, and, and the outside world could see you through the window. Uh -huh. That should prevent you from doing something you shouldn't. 
Okay. Uh, I mean, the, it, I, I understand, I guess, that, like, the, the issue is that's the halacha, and that's kind of where the question ends, right? That's, or for them, that's the answer where it ends, but it's totally un, un, unsatisfying satisfying for me. Um, yes. And um, while, while Ben did talk, so just to, to switch gears a little, Ben did talk to his rabbi about the first dance. She had this fantasy as, you know, I guess some, many women might, um, or many men and women might, let's not be gendered, of having that first dance where they're announced as a couple and have a first mm-hmm. dance. And the rabbi um, said that was not possible. Can we, can we go into that a little more? Sure. Well, so the reason that he gave on the show was that they shouldn't dance together because then other people might dance together and that would be immodest for all these people who may or may not be married or whatever to be dancing together. Um, he did, I mean, a more, I think, a more creative solution to what seemed to be at issue. Part of it was to be announced and part of it was the dancing. They could have said, like, well, we're going to be announced that way and then we won't dance, just us. But that sort of wasn't explored. Maybe it's ultimately what we'll do. We'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> but um, so I think there were two things going on for her. Um, and I probably also was connected to the hair coverings, which we talked about last week. Um because once they're married, there's no problem for them to be to be touching and intimate, and they could dance together. It's about though the doing it in public, right? Her hair is sort of seductive to other people, but not to her husband, and the dancing well, might be the it's same. Not that it's not seductive to her husband. It's not an issue that it's seductive Correct. to her husband. Correct. Right. So, so after the wedding, they go to spend their first night together. They could spend the entire night slow dancing in their room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the reason this particular rabbi gave sounded like it's like about what other people might do once given the chance to dance together. Right. So uh, we'll have to think about Footloose, right? You know, no dancing in town. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, it feels more and more that that there's the kind of the seduction intimacy piece. It feels like, I mean, it, it, on this, at least in this show, we've now only watched two episodes, but it does feel a lot like that is a major theme. Um, well, I guess not, not in Jewish law per se, but in Jewish dating and coupledom law, right? Right, because those things are reserved for private relationships. And when you're dating, it's not yet a private, private relationship mm-hmm. um and and did you think that it was i mean odd or normal i mean i i was surprised i understood the dating piece that they couldn't be alone and i you know i've heard when i spent a summer in in in, in jerusalem years ago that like you know that that meeting at in the lobby of hotels was where a lot of people you know orthodox uh couples would have dates um but i was also surprised and wanted to get a little more information, if there was, about um, the 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 even when they were going to look at apartments in Harlem, that they needed a chaperone. Um, you know, the 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 black realtor, who I'm assuming was not Jewish, kind of said, you know, made a, kind of made a joke comment, is oh, you got to watch these kids or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, but they were, but in other points in the thing, they were walking to go on their date to the cafe and get coffee. 
So how do those how are those lines drawn? And do you have a sense on the on the, the halacha of that, or was this guy really just there to help his friends look for an apartment? What's your take? I suspect it was mostly just the helping the friends look for an apartment. It, the, everybody in that scene didn't have that much experience looking for apartments. It was the realtor, maybe. Yes, but the like the kids who were right. going to look. This was their first time doing this, and so it seemed to me like it wasn't necessarily about halacha, about Jewish law, but more about um, you know getting an opinion of a friend. Although a realtor doesn't necessarily follow you through the whole apartment, and you might not want to say to someone you've never met before, "Look, actually, according to our religious tradition, we're never going to be in the same room, just the two of us, right now, and so you must come from to every room with us." So. They were able to set it up in a way that was most comfortable for them by bringing their own chaperone. So even someone in, an, like, if, I mean, in a, an apartment with other people, with doors open, halakhically that could still be questionable? I think if the door's open, it's probably fine. But, um, but all of this really is, like, about interpretation of the law versus the law. Uh-huh. And so it's to some degree how they and their rabbi understand it all right uh well thanks for this one i have no idea what will be you know i can't wait till tuesday when we get to watch the next episode and see what exciting uh experiences all of them have uh so stay tuned can't wait all right that was the episode two of rearranged jews in cars getting coffee I hope you're watching the show along with us. Uh, Arrange can be watched on the FYI Network on Tuesday evenings at 9 p.m. What do you think of Vicky and uh, Ben, as well as the other two couples? I hope you're enjoying them as much as we are. Uh, Please consider giving us a review on iTunes, um, comments, Facebook. We'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, look forward to speaking with you next week.